Yes, not a Christmas Prezi, just a general Prezi. Um, yeah, so last week, I've never had the opportunity of doing two weeks in a row before. It was actually a bit of an admin accident, but for me, it's a happy accident, and for you guys, I apologise. <laughs> but it's nice to be able to have the luxury of kind of going back to some of the stuff that we had to like whiz through a little bit last week and pick a different aspect of it out to delve into. So just as a little recap for anyone that uh, wasn't here last week or hasn't caught the download, the podcast, it was an excellent one. (laughs) So if you haven't heard it, here's the recap. Basically, it was about dreaming with God. Um, We got given the challenge during one of the courses that we're doing of uh, making a dream book and trying to fill it. Uh, with a hundred dreams, some big, some small, some serious, some stupid, whatever, but just things that we would love to do once in our life or we'd love to see happen or a vision that God's put in our heart or just something we would really enjoy. Um, And just kind of presenting those to the Lord, but starting to awaken the dreamer. And we had those three rules of success, which was from that um, uh, Steve DeSilva thing, where he says, First rule of success, if you can't dream it, you can't have it. Second is reach out with a long arm of reality. We do the little bit that's in our hands to do right now. We don't try and make everything happen, but if there is a little bit we can do, we start moving on that. We point in the right right direction. And the third rule was timing. So that was that one. And, of course, that brilliant, all the recap bits were all the brilliantest bits, which were all the bits I pinched from other people, of course. So then the next bit was... uh, from Bill Johnson, where he unpacked that verse that says, nothing is impossible with God. And when you look at the meanings of the word, it means absolutely no freshly breathed word from God comes without the power within it to accomplish what it set out to do. Which is super, isn't it? We love that one. And uh, the bit that I wanted to return to today, a little bit along the lines of a promise and a testimony, a sort of the same things to God, We'd looked at how the Ark is called the Ark of the Covenant, the promise, Ark of the Covenant, and the Ark of the Testimony, and how when words are paired together, they show us kind of different aspect of each other. And um, we use the story of Joshua looking at thanksgiving for what God has done already, kind of as a testimony to spur us on into what God is about to do now. We're going to look at the thanksgiving part today. And in that story of Joshua, they set up those standing stones, didn't they, to be a memorial, a remembrance thing, to call to mind what God had done so far and to um, spur them on because it was only just the beginning of their breakthrough and their victory, really. They could say, God's brought us this far. He will be faithful. And that's, that's where we're landing today. So there we go. But let's see if this works. Oh, yes. thought we should uh, start off right. So can we make sure the sound is on? This is very important for, um, for this video. Starting off right. Ooh. Hello. Shake it all about.
a family favourite. <laughs> Dad, it gets him every time. We've probably seen it like 300 times. And it's so just like, stay. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so we're going to talk about some very serious things today. But I thought we should start with the with the right tone in mind. So if you find yourself getting a bit serious at any point, just picture that tail again, and it will bring you back to where we're supposed to be, because we are in the month of joy and hope. Uh, This is my favourite one. I think this is the month I've been asked to speak every year for about four years. So I'm sorry if there's some reused joy and hope material, but this is like my favourite stuff. So it's a fun one. Uh, But I wanted to apply it slightly differently this time to to worship and thanksgiving, Um, just for funsies, really. Um, And a bit like last week, if you came last week, now you know a little bit of what it's like. Uh, I'm going to bring some stuff, but a lot of it's going to be like chat to the people around you. We'll share stuff. I want to hear what you've got to say about it. There'll be lots of questions, and there'll be lots of... It's not graded, though, so that's good. And... um, There'll be lots of stuff for us to have a go at and try out as well. So that's where we're, that's the tone of what we're doing. And we're basically heading from here to communion. That's where we're going to land today. So I've got some questions here. uh, And I'm inviting some answers from the audience, please. So uh, anything you think of, what is worship? Shout them out. Everything you do can be worship, can't it? Yeah? Giving God his worth. I love that. You know, people say um, uh, something is worth whatever someone is willing to pay for it. How much are we willing to pay for God? Not pay for him, but, you know, how how much are we willing for it to cost us? Um, Yeah, giving God his worth. He's worth a lot. Anything else? Loving appreciation. I like it. Yes. Any more? It's not a trick question. It's all right. Songs? We could include some songs. Sorry? Oh, the language of the heart. I like that. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, when we're singing songs, who are we singing to? Sometimes Jesus depends. There, good answer. Uh, if we think about some of the songs we've sung today, uh, there is power in the name of Jesus. Who are we singing to? Principalities and powers. It's like, hey, listen up. Anything that would try and raise itself up against the name of Jesus, this is for you. Sometimes I think that's why it's good to sing out something really loud because they might not be listening. <laughs> Sometimes it is a reminder to ourselves, like whatever circumstances are going on in me at the minute, let's remind myself there is power in the name of Jesus. So it can be, it's a declaration, and we know there's power in the de- declaration, don't we? That when we speak it out, that starts to manifest because we're created in the image of God, and that's what He's like. He speaks it out, and it happens. So powerful stuff when we do songs of declaration, it's declaring something. Uh, what about. Um, when you walk into the room, everything changes. We love you and we'll never stop. Can't live without you. Singing to Jesus there, aren't we? Yes, yeah, kind of a song of invitation and of longing. I was thinking, um, you know, sometimes when 
the guys like stick their head above the parapet and they have a go at something a little bit wacky and weird, there's kind of some different responses in the room. And I say that totally without judgment. It's just like, it's an interesting thing to kind of watch. Like, how do we relate to this? Because uh, in some ways it's very, it's as old as the sun. In some ways it's a little bit new and developing to us. And we're like, how do we, what am I supposed to do when you're seeing something out? Um, for me, I would say it's like a red flag of like, not a red flag, like a starter's flag. You know, when they start singing out those new songs, it's like, right, we're not just singing somebody else's words now. We're bringing our own songs of worship and adoration. So here's the starter's flag. I'm stepping out first. I'm hoping you're coming with me. So we can start to sing and worship and tell God what we think, sing out our own songs of adoration. What about, you know, when... um. They were doing that, oh, that thing with the woes. You ever think what that's all about? Any ideas? What's kind of going on in something like that? Yeah. I think it's so important, you know, if you if you hear something and you're like, I'm not sure I'm engaging with this, like, it's not meaning that much to me. Quite often what we do is we sit down and we're like, well, I'll just enjoy his presence which is good it's good to enjoy his presence and there's nothing when we're resting in him but sometimes it's great to say holy spirit what are you doing at the minute like you're on this i can feel you're on it but i don't know what it is and i definitely had the sense at that point that it was like a groaning and a longing and it's like the song the church joining together as the bride like longing for the bridegroom And that's why it's so beautiful, because it can be a bit messy, but it's passion, isn't it? That's the sound of passion. That's the sound that the bridegroom is waiting for, that he's going to come back for when his bride joins together in unity. There's long from saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. Sometimes we do it without words. Yeah, Trev. Yeah. It's like beyond words, isn't it? Too, like, I can't even get tongues out anymore. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Go on, Mark. It's all about our, our own sound. So every, we're all making our own individual sound. Yeah, sometimes it's going to match. Sometimes it's not going to match. But I think God just loves it, doesn't he, when we start pouring our own heart out. He's put a song within each one of us that... Like, you are the only person that could bring that in the way that you do. Have you ever thought that he created your vocal cords in an entirely unique way? The Bible says that the voice of God... Yeah, (laughs) some people have thought it more than others. (laughs) Some people have probably been told it a few times. (laughs) But um, here's the amazing thing. The Bible says that the voice of God is like the sound of many rushing waters. You know that one? Um, an amazing thing about like Niagara and the rushing waters we have in the world is that within the sound of that, it is every note in the spectrum that the human ear can hear. So every single note is hit at some point in that rushing water, which means if the voice of God is to be manifest on the earth, it will take every voice, every sound in the human spectrum coming together to represent a bit what the voice of God is like. There's something in heaven that's waiting to be manifest on earth that shows people what the voice of God is like. And if only three people in this room bring their voices, it shows God's voice as beautiful but small. 
if we all come, messy, out of tune, high, low, croaky, raspy, everything in between, then there's something of God being represented amazingly in our unity and in our choice to bring our song to the mix. So when, when that stuff's all happening, just bring whatever you've got, even if it's a whisper, even if it's a word, it's just something very powerful. Um, the other bit I thought about was, what about, you know, when they did... When the Spirit of the Lord is, and they did that, was anyone thinking, oh, that meant something to me, then I felt something. It was like really sharp, wasn't it? It was unison, yeah. The thing that occurred to me was like, it was like a chain being broken. It was like a, sorry, I (laughs) apologise. You're all right. But it was just like, oh, that was like a breaking free, a cutting off sound. And uh, so I'm not saying that's a right answer or a wrong answer or whatever, but when we're worshipping, we could start to say, Holy Spirit, I want to engage with what you're doing. I want to join in with what's happening. Would you show me a picture of what you're trying to do right now and I'll come with you? That's a cool thing. It's really fun. Um, Why sing together? Why should we... Why is it any different when we're here than when you're just in the car by yourself? Because a lot of people say to me, like, I love to sing, but only when I'm by myself in the car with the music turned up loud and no one can hear me. Uh, but when I'm with people, you know, it's a bit different. So why, why does it matter that we sing together? Power in numbers. Yeah, kind of multiplies its effect, doesn't it? Anything else? Yeah. Definitely, we're singing it out over each other, we're hearing it. So faith comes by hearing, so we're hearing some of these truths. We repeat these truths again and again, and it's like taking root in our soul and it's encouraging us. Someone else going to say that? Yeah, be joined together. Let's do something together. It's really hard to do a lot of stuff together, isn't it? Like there's not many things that we could all say right we will all synchronize and do this as one as a picture of our unity setting aside our own preferences setting aside our own tastes and what we think we should do next and we just choose to do something together and a lot of the early church it was like reciting and chanting for us it's singing it's just saying Let's just do this together, you know. Uh, I think one of the great examples of that is that song that goes, you know, we believe in God our Father. And it's something powerful when we all choose to, like, sing it together. And it's like a statement of, like, I believe it personally, but we're here as a group of people and we're going to say, despite the many things that we will differ on over our lives, and there will be a lot, this thing we can agree on and we can declare together. And that's really, I think that's a strong thing. That's really powerful. I've got to stop clicking that. Else we'll end up back at the cat. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> All right, so there's lots more we could talk about this, but this was just getting us started thinking about worship. Okay, this is my favourite bit of today, so if we get no further than this, I'll be well happy. I was thinking about why should we worship? And what I'd like um, is for us to uh, have a think about this. Okay, so who is he? Why should we worship because of who he is? And I would like 20 people 
which is probably about half of us, maybe a bit more, to, um, we're going to make, we haven't done this in a while, like a quick fire line, and we're going to say who he is. But, right, when you start doing this, if you're like me, you start thinking about things you know, that maybe you've read in the Bible, that like he's uh, everlasting father, mighty counselor, prince of peace, he's the beginning and the end, he's Alpha and Omega, he's Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and these are all things I've read and I know and I believe to be true. And that's cool. But I'd like us to go to the next notch. You can only say something for this particular one if it is who he has revealed himself to be in your life, who he's been to you personally. Ooh, something like this might be my microphone. Um, maybe it was some chains breaking. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> so think about who he is. Who has he been to you? And um, I know it's Sunday night and it's getting late and it would be much easier to be at home watching Planet Earth, but (laughs) it's not on for another half hour. So (laughs) in the meantime, let's do this. (laughs) So it is 20 people. um, And I'm going to give you an example to get us started. While I'm doing that, feel free to come on up. If you're not sure, then come on up because at least half of us need to. (laughs) And we'll think of something by the time it gets to you. So, all right, here's my one. I was thinking about it earlier today. I love not just the things that he does, but the way he does them and the way he's so faithful to lead and guide me and to speak to me. Uh, Often I don't realise until afterwards what he's done. And I thought the thing that's so amazing about him is that he doesn't treat me or speak to me like I'm one of many, but like I'm one in a million. And that's just amazing. I love that he does that. Okay, come on, Karen's next. Sheila's next. Um, I love the fact that he knows every single thing about me and yet still loves me. (laughs) Yeah, he really is my most intimate friend. And uh, he's just revealed the depth of his unconditional love for me and promised to bless me beyond anything I can imagine. He's my big brother who covers my back when I've messed it up. <laughs> and somehow he pulls it out. <laughs> he answers my prayers and he, he loves to play games to, of hide and seek with me. Um, yeah, he's, he's an investment manager. Uh, he's really playful and uh, loves having uh, been joyful and... and Letting the moment take him. I think that's. Yeah, he's someone who does immeasurably more than I can ask or think. And I can think of quite a lot, but he always beats it. (laughs) He always uh, guides me down the right path uh, and shows me the way I need to go. I love that he's never going to leave me. um, But not only is he never going to leave me, he actually came looking for me. He's my provider, a very faithful friend. Um, Well, for me, it's that he knows what's so important to me and to me personally. And like my testimony is that um, when I was searching to meet my husband, um, I met my husband in Switzerland on a holiday where I hadn't planned to be, he hadn't planned to be. And he knew that that was important that we met. And not only that, he knew that both of us had a heart for our families 
and our families get on so well. We holiday with our families together. My mum comes with his parents and we all go on holiday together. And, you know, to find somebody just that special and that unique that our families would love each other. I mean, how amazing is that? Um, he's patient with me. I love that whenever I um, call on his name or whenever I just talk to him, I can feel him say, I'm listening. He never says, come back later. He says uh, he's, he just t- says that he's listening right now. He's my strength and my joy. Um, yeah, he's always there for the highs, but more importantly, or equally importantly, he's always there for the lows. And I know I can talk to him about anything Good one. Isn't he good? Isn't he lovely? Isn't he so worthy of our praise? Isn't he so worth it all? To each one of us, he shows a different aspect of who he is, and he meets us exactly. <coughs> sorry, dry throat. Exactly where we are, and he doesn't see us as the person that he met at where we were, but he like calls us into who he sees us to be and gently, lovingly, tenderly guides us and leads us. He's just so good, isn't he? When we think of how good he is, we've not even reached the starting point. There's so much further into his goodness and his grace and his mercy. Thanks, Paula. She's good too. (laughs) God's probably a bit better, but you're a close second. (laughs) Yes, so why worship? Because he just absolutely deserves it. And he deserves infinitely more than we could ever bring him. But he still values that we do bring him something. It's amazing, isn't it? It's like we're the kids bringing him a card made of painted pasta. And he's going, I'm going to frame that. (laughs) That's him. He's, He's loving it. He's so gracious to it. We sing that we're lifting him up and we're making his name great and stuff, but we're kids playing at it. He's so great already, but he he invites our praises and he says, like, come into the throne room where the angels and the saints and the elders are falling down and the creatures are worshipping. But he'd like my little ditty as part of that mix. Isn't that amazing? And that's not to intimidate us or to say it's not good enough because he says, like, I want it. I want you. I created that in you. To say it's not enough is to, like, discredit the creator, and that was him. He made us that way. So we just bring what he put in us to bring, and he's so pleased. And the most amazing thing, I know I said this before, but one of the things that really struck me when we went to California to the Bethel Worship School, I thought I went there to go and learn how to song, do songs better and all of this. I got into worship there, and I was really looking forward to like jamming with my favourite songs. But most of the time, probably 80% of the time, I just stood there and I said nothing because I, said, I don't know, I just had this realisation that he breathed life into me and I was returning my breath back to him and that was worship enough. And that pleased him, and it was enough at that moment. I'd already done enough to return my breath as worship to him. I was carrying on the life that he'd started, and he was well pleased with that. But any more I can give him if I put a little tune to that breath as well. He's like, I love it. Yes, that's great. So why worship? Because of who he is, because what he's done for us, 
And we'll come back to this a little bit later and what he has promised. So one of the words that kind of came to mind about this was the word celebrate. And um, I thought, let's have a look at what that is. That screen's a bit smaller than my screen, so let's see if we can see it a bit better. <laughs> it's one of those ones, you know, where you, keep, you scroll and it keeps going. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah, so the word celebrate means to publicly acknowledge, uh, to commemorate, to observe, to honour, to mark, recognise, remember, keep. I like the word keep. Drink to. Drink to. Yeah, we're going to drink to him this evening. Uh, and in particular, it talks about celebrating Holy Communion. Which wouldn't necessarily be, uh, like traditionally it's a word we associate it with it, but perhaps in the practicalities, we don't necessarily associate remembrance and thanksgiving and communion with celebration. Um, but I had a look also at what um, is the root of the word, and it's from the Latin uh, to honour or to frequent, um, which basically means to make famous, like celebrity, you know, to, to put his name everywhere, to honour it, to like plaster his name on every poster, on every wall, that wherever you go, you can't go anywhere without bumping into his name, his face. So um, one of my favourite praise words, I know we've done the praise words before, uh, is the word halal, which means to rave, to clamorously boast about God and who he is. And I think that's part of our privilege as a worshipping people, to rave and boast about the good works and the beautiful ways of God, to keep going on about them. You know, like the person who's been on an amazing holiday and comes back with photographs. (laughs) A lot of photographs. (laughs) And wants to show you and keeps going on about it and on about it. But that's who we want to be about God. Let's clamorously rave and boast about the good deeds of God. Whenever we get together, let's share the good things that he's been doing. Like we try and start every meeting with good news. But let's have that permeate every time we get together. That we're, we're just always on the tip of our tongue is a story about the goodness of God and what he's been doing for us. That's worship. That's worship there. So we're jumping around a little bit. Uh, bear with me. Hopefully it will tie together. I was thinking um, this is one of our favourite stories that we've come back to again and again within the worship team. And it's from 2 Samuel. Shall we? Why don't we open a Bible? We're at church. We could do that, couldn't we? 2 Samuel 24. I'm skipping ahead to verse 18. So the backstory of this is that uh, David's made a bit of a mistake. He started doing the census and numbering the people and he wasn't supposed to. And God says, look, I told you not to do this before. You've gone and done it anyway. You've got a choice of three different repercussions, basically. He says, oh, I don't, don't put me in the 
hands of man, but put me in the hands of God because I know God's mercies are everlasting. So God says, okay, well, this thing's going to happen. There's this plague, um, but here's a way out of it as well. And um, so the way out of it is that he's to go and find this place to put the ark on the threshing floor. So here we are. So Gad came that Gad came that day to David and said to him, "Go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Araunah." I don't know how you say that one. The Jebusite. So David, according to the word of Gad. Ooh, this looks a lot like the word of God, but it was the word of Gad. Uh, went up as the Lord commanded. Now, Arauna <laughs> looked and saw the king and his servants coming towards him. So A went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. And he said, why has the Lord the king come to his servant? And David said, to buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. And A said to David, let my lord the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. All of these, O king, I have given to the king. And he said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. And the king said... No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. And so he pays for it and he follows through on the stuff and God honours his word. Uh, But this thing about I will not bring a sacrifice that costs me nothing has been kind of our motto now for a number of years. That, like we were saying when we look at an object, it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. And I want my worship to be costly, a costly um, blessing to the Lord. I want it to be beautiful and excellent, but more important than that is that it cost me something. It was something precious for me to give to him. I was thinking about, um, you know, that... Two Corinthians, the classic God loves a cheerful giver, which we often apply to money, don't we? But I thought about there's something about David and his extravagant worship, like when he, you know, wore the linen ephod and he danced with all his might and everyone looked at him just thinking, how ridiculous. And this verse, the Corinthians one, of course, a lot of times we translate the word, it says God loves a hilarious giver, almost a ridiculous giver. And I think he just honours those. Like when we set aside our seriousness, when we set aside our, you know, wanting to have everything just so, like he honours and loves excellence and that's a good thing. But when we like tip over the edge into the ridiculous, he's like, ah, they're just pouring it all out. They're leaving nothing in reserve. This is so beautiful to me. Here we go. I love a clip. I was thinking, what does this look like? Here's a good example. So thinking about, you know, when I said, um, who is he? And we've got the facts. I would say that traditionally, probably not presently, because I'd say we're, as as it goes, quite a passionate worshipping community. Um, and probably we're quite well known, I think, for loving worship in this house. That's something we do. But... 
I think there's been like a level where we've got really good at like stating the facts at that level. You know where I said like, who is he? And we think of, oh, who is he? He's this and he's that and he's that and he's that. Um, but when it progresses into this personal, real kind of, it's a little bit vulnerable to share. It's a little bit costly and it's because it's personal to us and uh, it's a bit raw to do that. I think that kicks us into another gear. And I think this video clip kind of illustrates that pretty nicely. So. I love it. (laughs) 
I think it's like a good picture too of some stuff that uh, like I've been learning over the years. I don't know if anyone was in the same boat, but um, I had some singing lessons a little while back and my singing teacher, I was doing them by Skype, she said, can you sing a song that you know well and I'll kind of assess you by listening to what you do. And I sang and she goes, let me stop you there. Did you sing in a choir at school? It's like... Yes. (laughs) She goes, well, I can tell. They've told you since a young age, don't stand out. Make sure your voice doesn't, you know, go higher than other people's voices. Just blend in and make sure it's in tune. If it's not in tune, we don't want to hear it. For heaven's sake, don't do, like, these crazy riffs and all this stuff. Just keep it simple, stick to the tune and blend in so no one basically can hear you. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is how I learnt to sing and um, what it does to your voice is it basically it keeps it all here and it restricts it's like a fear and an anxiety that grows of standing out of doing the wrong thing of being heard squawking at the wrong moment or something you know and uh, it actually damages your vocal cords and over time you tell yourself I won't be able to reach that note and of course then you can't because as soon as you try to go for that big note it all goes like this I learned something amazing actually when I first went on outreach in West Africa and uh, (laughs) maybe I don't know a bit naive or whatever Um, we were really looking forward because we were like oh we're going to go to all these African churches and it's going to be like sister act (laughs) we're going to have all the choirs and harmonies and it's going to be amazing and when we arrived there like it was sort of like six hour long worship services and there's like <laughs> there's full volume but there's not necessarily that kind of tuning. <laughs> sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. But there is like full gusto. There is like commitment. It's not nobody is singing in that pretty like head voice, you know, like la 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 like that's how we sing here isn't it like that's seen as beautiful there it's all like la 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 you're like oh that's not pretty but i can hear it but i think we learn things from different cultures that it's like wow that is wholehearted that is really interesting different sound when people all join their voices together doing that the energy and the power and the momentum in it is really it's unreal and it's something so spectacular in that praise that we can learn from it makes me think a little bit about the um the story from john where mary comes in with the alabaster jar of perfume and she breaks it and pours it all out on him and she washes his feet with her tears and her hair and how offended the disciples are by that. It wasn't pretty, it was over the top, it wasn't neat and inside the line. She wasn't doing it in the right place at the right time, in the right way, but it was just passionate and beautiful and with nothing in reserve. It's an amazing thing really. I like this sister act video too because the moment when it transforms, you know, when he's singing Oh Happy Day, it's not about volume necessarily, is it? It didn't suddenly go loud, it, but the sound changed. There was like a passion and a connection and a commitment in it. So what I'm not saying is that like every time we get together, we've got to just thrash it and like full on and shout and like there's a place for that. And when it comes to thrash and shout I'll be there with the best of them as you well know I love I love all of that I love anything 
where you feel like I've held nothing back. I've thrown myself into this. It was beautiful when um, I was watching Strictly yesterday. Well, I watched it today. It was on last night. And, um, you know, uh, for anyone that's been watching it, Danny Mac, he's a brilliant dancer. He, he came in quite a good dancer and he's very precise and he's learned all the stuff. But last week he had to do a samba and they did this like really wild one. And the little quote he had from afterwards was he said, I don't think I've ever let go like I let, let go that day. And he like put every fibre of his being into something. And it was so free and so wild and a little bit dangerous. And where people might say it's not that masculine to dance or whatever. You couldn't look at that and say he was like, I don't know, preening and whatever. It was like raw power. But he really let go. And I think there's this place for that in our worship too. That what I'm talking about isn't necessarily just for musicians. Just for the people that can sing in tune. Just for the girls. Just just for anyone, just for the young people, just for the old folks, just for anyone. It's, it's like, come on, let's bring what we've got to bring. Let's pour it all back. What are we saving it for? What are you saving it for? <laughs> a rainy day. <laughs> it's England. It's always a rainy day. Spend it today. <laughs> it's, yeah, what would it look like if we held nothing back from him? I think if you've ever like led worship or spoken or done a presentation or done a performance or done a, I don't know, anything you really put yourself into, have you ever felt at the end like, oh, I'm wiped, I'm just knackered now, I like, I found that so draining and it's because you're like putting something of yourself out and I wonder how many times we leave worship where we feel nice that's good we've encountered the presence of God I love that so good but I wonder how much you know we came with like 20 pound in our pocket am I still leaving with 18 of it I don't know what more do I have to offer him what more could I bring him as my praise maybe it's a shout maybe it's kneeling maybe it's blessing someone maybe it's singing my own song and giving him my thanks maybe it's just whispering his name it could be all sorts of different things but like, honestly, let's ask ourselves, what are we saving it for? Spend it. There'll be more tomorrow. <laughs> you are never going to run out of worth. He's just that good. So I thought, just a little practical thing. Let's have a go. Let's have a go at something. Don't worry, this is easy. We're actually going to just start by speaking. And you can speak whatever you want. You can speak out in English. You can speak in the spirit. You can just pick a syllable if you want. Just do a couple of syllables. Whatever you like. But we're just going to speak all together. Just gently. Just softly. Just whisper our thanks to him. Or whisper his names. Or whisper in tongues. Whatever you want. We're going to do that for about one minute. Okay? And then we'll stop. But just keep your antenna up and... Holy Spirit, what does this feel like? What are you doing right now? I know we've done this before, so let's, let's, you'll, you'll know where I'm going if you've done this before. Okay, so let's start. Ready? Steady? Go.
coolest up there. That was beautiful. Anyone feel God's presence nearby then? Stubbsy did. Yes. (laughs) All right. What we're going to do now is we're going to up the volume. And you might like to stand up. You might like to spread out a little bit. Or you might like to huddle together for encouragement. It's whatever you want. It's all all right. But I find it easier standing up. And this time, we're not going to like scream and hurt our voices or anything. But we're going to lift our voices up loud like this. And we're going to do the same thing again for one minute. Keep your antenna up. Just see, Holy Spirit, what does this feel like? What are you doing? Ready? Hang on, I'm just going to wait for it to click over to the next minute. See. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll have to do a minute and 40 or something like that, you see. It was probably the very beginning of the minute, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, never mind. We'll start. Ready? Oh, three, two, one, go. Let's lift the volume a little bit more. Let's go even louder. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. You're so worthy. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that you can sit down again now. How did you're welcome? <laughs> How did that feel? Same? Different? Easier? Harder? <laughs> it was a bit more happy days, wasn't it? Yeah, I found the minute went quicker for me that time, but I didn't, maybe felt it was longer. Yeah. Did you feel your body? Did you want to do stuff differently? Yeah, I find it a lot more natural to start, like, I just throw my hands up, and that wasn't really in my head to do the first time round. It just, I don't know. You felt something different? (coughs) Same too. Yeah, I think it's, sound is powerful. Sounds like vibrations, isn't it? It's it's, uh, stuff happening, and there are different sounds out there, like a, a bass sound, like vibrates, you can feel it in your stomach sometimes, can't you? And uh, a high sound does something else different to you. When we connect volume, it sort of connects to a different part of our spirit in a way. But it's, we're praying in a different way, we're praising in a different way. The words that I found myself saying were different the first time through. It's like, you're so lovely, you're so gentle, you're such a good friend. And the second time through, it just came to mind to say, you are so awesome, you are so powerful, you're victorious, you've come through every time. It's, it's our bodies and our spirits and our souls just are connected. They have an influence on each other. When we start to praise differently, different stuff comes out. Awesome. Okay, so we're getting there now. The sacrifice of joy. Because he's worth it. So, thinking of Thanksgiving in particular, the Bible says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We're good to stop there. Just give thanks because he's good. All right, good deal. 
But plus, his steadfast love endures forever. This is one of the most powerful um, songs that was sung through history. At times of need, Israel would gather together and they would sing, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Time after time, God would come and break through the enemies. It was like their song of breakthrough, that he would show up. It was amazing. Sometimes it's easy to be all, oh, happy days. Sometimes you feel like it. Other times it is costly and a sacrifice to do that. But the Bible says to offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. That's something that he has put on his wish list. It would be lovely to bring it for him. He would love a sacrifice of joy, whether we feel like it or not, to come and remember him with thanksgiving, to praise his faithfulness and his goodness, and to turn his mighty acts back into praise, and celebrating, marking, honouring, commemorating, remembering who he is. That's something he's asked for us to do. Yes, and so I started by saying last time we talked about the standing stones where they put the stones in the river where God had uh, stopped the river and they were able to pass through into the promised land. And they put those stones there as a memorial so that when their children and their children's children would say, what are these stones doing here? They would have a, a cause to tell the story again and say, well, the reason the stones are here is because God did this for us. He came through. But it was also something to be there for them then. Like I said, they'd come through this far, but they still had further to go. And so those stories and those remembrance were saying what he had done, but they were testimony of the breakthrough that was still to come yet. So the sacrifice of joy isn't being hypocritical when we're in the midst of difficulty. It's not living in denial and being the ostrich with our head in the sand and doing a fake happy song when we really don't feel like it. It's saying, I will dig until I find something that you have done for me because you have been faithful. And if I dig for it, I'm going to find it. And 15 people tonight have already (laughs) borne witness to that, that he's been at work in our lives. He's done amazing things. Whether it was the day you first met him, whether it was today, We've encountered the love of God in so many ways. We can come back to the cross and remind ourselves of the amazing thing that he did for us there. If we're ever struggling for something, then we got that one. No one can take that one away. But we say, he's brought me this far, and I will remember. And it's our prophecy to spur us into what else is still to come. So there's always a reason to offer a sacrifice of joy. It's not hypocritical, it's selective viewing and sometimes we have to be selective don't we if we look to everything that bombarded us we'd be overwhelmed but we say I choose to turn my eyes right now on the thing that you have done I felt like God was saying that that's communion for us right now that there is you know a season of breakthrough still to come and with that perhaps a season of contention too of like taking the new things taking the promised land stepping into territory And sometimes that goes smoothly, sometimes it feels like a bit of a battle at the time. It's overcoming and it's taking victories and things. But it can be, you know, it would be easier to go back to the old thing, wouldn't it? And go back to just wandering around in the desert. (laughs) But there's something so much better on the other side. And so we're to have our standing stones, our remembrance and our thanksgiving continually in front of us. This would be a great time to like build in taking communion regularly to say, you've brought us this far. Look what your grace has paid for us already. We will remember, and you are faithful. 
to see to completion all the things that you started doing. And I put that scripture on there, the famous one about communion, where Paul writes, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance or celebration of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we really will toast him. (laughs) We will drink to his memory and drink to what he's done for us and drink to his victory that he's paid for us. We will remember. We'll put it in front of ourselves. We'll build it into our lives as an act of remembrance. Yes. Cool. So the last last bit, we're running late, so I, I'm just going to tell you to look it up if you want to see it later. It's an awesome video, <laughs> which is a beautiful... Well, it's 10 minutes long, though. It's long, so save it and watch it at home. I'll post it in the Lighthouse Social thing. But uh, if you've never heard of her, Susie Yarai is such a beautiful example of this poured-out worship. She's one of the most like abandoned worshippers you'll ever see. And uh, she sings a song remembering what Jesus has done for us. Uh, we've done it a little bit in the past, but it's a bit nutty, so it's hard to do in a measured way. <laughs> He's alive. It's a beautiful one. Um, but it talks about break us open. We've so much more to give. Pour it out. Pour out our praise. Would you break us open like the alabaster jar? So as we come to do communion tonight, Let's let's invite him in again. Let's remember what he's done. And I'd do that same, like, dig deeper layer. So we don't just do the facts of just remembering what someone's told us about him. But let's ask him to show us again. Holy Spirit, come and meet me here. Remind me again of what you have done for me and who you are to me. What you have accomplished for me at the cross in the breaking of your body and in the pouring out of your blood that you have won for me in my life. And we'll remember together. Cool. I'll hand over to Dad so we can do that now. <laughs> hey, let's give Bonnie a clap. Well done.